Good morning. Uh, Alex Garrett here. Alex Garrett Podcasting. We are in tenuous times. And the tenuous continues. The plots we're hearing out of Washington and the FBI is not one to be proud of. Attempted coups are not who we are as a country. But I want you to take a minute, Alex Garapocket, Alex G in NYC, and relax with me for one second. Let's ease our mind a bit. Because that's all we could do. And we can pray and we must pray. We must pray away the evil that wants to do harm. That wants to surround the Capitol, the White House, and the Supreme Court. And that wants to have armed protests in every state capital. We must protect ourselves from this. Here's the bottom line. I've said it before. Anarchy is on our doorstep. We let it happen. The minute we said, yeah, you can loot and riot. We won't stop you. Now it's become... And it's... And there were white nationalists within those riots last year. Let's not kid ourselves. Let's not kid ourselves. But there's one thing I am playing in my mind today. It's this line from the Declaration of Independence. As sung very beautifully by the Fifth Dimension. Some might say, oh, well, that's great. I disagree. I don't think that is what the Founding Fathers meant to storm every state capital. I think what they meant was overthrow Britain. We were under siege from another country. We were under their rule. And that was worth getting out of, overthrowing their stay. Not now. Now, we are a democracy. We are a republic, even. We are 240 plus years in the making. And I applaud the FBI. I applaud the CIA. All these groups working to thwart these uh, planned... Are they even protests? Armed protests? Isn't that like an attack? Planned attack? I applaud the National Guard and my friends like Kayleen and all those who serve in blue to protect our men and women who, who are leading the country. It is the people's house, but to try and take it over is just worse than maybe who you voted for. And so, not that the declaration is outdated, I just think it's not what this is about. This was an election that was certified. 
And now I say we have to fight. We have to fight the anarchy that feels comfortable here. Not actually the politicians, but the anarchy that is feeling quite comfortable here. That is who we must overthrow. And to be very real, the worry I have is that this anarchy could spread to the outer boroughs. So I'm going to say this right here. Protect yourself. If that does include arming up against the anarchists to protect your family, your household, we have that right. But one way or another, even putting yourself in this energy field of protection and asking on God to protect as well. But overall, one way or five other ways, we all must ask for the protection and must be protected in this fight against the anarchists. All right, another fight that's been going on this month is it is Human Trafficking Awareness Month, and I'm going to replay you my conversation with Lisa Jameson of the Connecticut Underground as she and I discussed the fight to combat human trafficking. Lisa Jameson, uh, we just connected on LinkedIn through mutual friend Adam Sinkis, but when he told me what you're doing uh, to help people, I wanted to join, have you join right away. So thanks for joining us. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. So you are a director at Legal Shield. Uh, first of all, how important is legal help for anybody in today's COVID world right now? It's very important because um, lawyers have always been very expensive and people like you and me cannot afford attorneys, right? And so whenever we get into a legal situation, the last thing we think about is calling an attorney because we can't afford it, right? So, you know, what Legal Shield did, it was it leveled the playing field so that um, people like you and me could afford to have the justice that we deserve, you know, that every human being deserves and expects. Well, and go ahead. Oh, no, I just want to say just an example <laughs> that she's covered on her LinkedIn page at Lisa Seymour Jameson, all the different ways we need legal help. So maybe if you want to narrow it one by one, I'd love you to do that because maybe we're unfamiliar with ways we can get that legal help for every category you might you, you've listed. Okay, well, I'm, I'm a representative, um, and, you know, if anybody's interested in learning more or signing up, they can always contact me. Um, I, my, my website is out there, um, so anybody can contact, uh, contact me through that. And, um, you know, we make legal advice or legal uh, protection more affordable. So we live in an age where... Um, there are market disruptors all over the place. That's that's the big thing today. Like Uber and Lyft, they disrupted the whole taxi industry. You've mm-hmm. got Airbnb that disrupted the um, hotel industry. You've got Amazon. You've got IKEA. You know, and the, the list goes on. Hmm. So what Legal Shield did, and and this was 48 years ago, back in 1972, they um, decided to uh, disrupt the legal industry all because of what the founder had gone through in a legal situation and realized that people needed to have legal help because he almost went bankrupt over something that was not his fault. So it was really created out of a need, not out of greed. And so, you know, for under $25 a month, um, people can have 
that legal advice. And, and uh, there's a whole bunch of different things, not just unlimited legal advice. But um, now people have a way to help hmm. you know, themselves whenever they get into a legal situation. And by the and, way, I was I was starting to talk. You were talking about the the COVID situation. So if you want to expand on that as well, just say, hey, yeah, since COVID, what what have you seen? What have you guys seen? Okay, well, um, it, the Legal Shield has grown exponentially through the COVID mm-hmm. because there are more legal issues now. Um, people are realizing they need to get their wills done, and this is something that we do for free in the membership. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when you figure a membership costs about $320 for the whole year, as opposed to more than that, probably to get your will done, that alone is worth it. People need legal advice because, you know, all kinds of things have changed and people need to know their legal rights and especially during COVID. All right. And I'm just trying to get my thoughts here together. Um, even businesses, because we also help businesses too, many, many small businesses. Now, of course, that's more than $25 a month, but it's still very affordable. It all depends on, you know, uh, what kind of business you have, how many employees or whatever, if you're just an independent, you know, um, business mm-hmm. owner. And we can legally help them because now with the COVID, people don't know what their rights are in the business. And you can Google, but you don't know if you're going to get the right advice or not, right? Because that's what a lot of people do because they, they don't want to or can't afford to pay for an attorney. Right. So, you know, employers have got problems like, you know, what can I do? What are my rights for hiring and firing an employee? Have have um, things in my contracts or documents changed because of COVID? So there's there's an awful lot of things that are legal that we don't even know are legal. Because we just can't call an attorney to find out. Well, and and do you think the media could have played a better role in even the legal situations of this? Like, could they have even brought... I didn't hear anything about this uh, in the mainstream media, like the legal aspect of any of these lockdowns and anything else going on with COVID. Well, I I don't know why that is. Um, Hmm. I, I know that a lot of people have never heard of Legal Shield because we are a word of mouth company. And we're trying to spread the word as much as possible, you know, to let people know that. Help is there. (laughs) Yeah, it is. And we cover things that are, that people would never think to call an attorney, you know, for. Like, like, for instance, just to give you a really, really mild case. Sure. It's just a $10.60 thing. Hmm. Um, One of, one of my colleagues, she stopped getting home late she stopped in through a drive to order two chicken dinners she got home and found two happy meals in there okay so she was like i'm not even gonna deal with this it's late i'm tired so she called the, the law firm in the morning and you know told them what happened so the law firm wrote a letter on her behalf not only she get her ten dollars sixty cents back but she also got a twenty dollar gift certificate so you know it's like People are nickel, nickel and diming you all the time. They're they're finding ways to cheat you and just take what's yours. And what what recourse do you have? Because you can't afford an attorney. It sounds like small claims really is a big deal, though, right? From what, from even that alone, you're saying that yeah, even the little things matter. Yes, they do because all those little things add up, and mm. nobody likes to be cheated. 
So do you think the TV? I, I gotta ask this now. Do you think the TV shows glamorize small claims court more than they should? Like, is that a real thing that we just see played out glamorized in these different shows? Uh, it probably is. I, I I really don't know because I don't really watch them that much. I've seen you know a couple of them. Um, I I just um, I really don't know. Now, are you yourself an attorney at at at? No, at, I'm not okay. an attorney. How no. many how many attorneys would you say you guys have helping you in this in this cause? Over five thousand, and we cover the whole U.S., Canada, and U.K. That is incredible. And by yes, the way, twenty four ninety nine a month. It's it's or twenty four ninety five month and twenty five month. That's like a dream come true to get legal help, is it not? Right, but you know what? A lot mm. of people ask that question. Well, how can they do that? Well, yeah. it's a law of large numbers, just like with, um, you know, medical insurance, with uh, health insurance, uh, home insurance, life insurance, auto insurance. We pay a small amount, and because of the large collective amount of people, and we've got well over 4 million wow. uh, members, that's how they can do it. So we, our attorneys have an average of 22 years of experience. So... They are very highly qualified, fully vetted, AV-rated attorneys. So you say you're a small company, but 4 million members is not very small at all. So that's no, pretty amazing. No, it is a huge company. It's, it's a very huge company. But how can, how, how, can the, how can podcasts, how can listeners of this podcast and others help you guys grow? Um, gosh, uh. Because I think Probably. you've got a service that, that could be out there more, you know? Yep. Well, um, I think another reason why they can do this, too, is because they don't advertise as well. Um, I don't know. I guess just uh, get the word out there. I mean, that's what our what our job is as associates, is to get the job, the, the word out. And so, but if someone's listening right now and they need the help, what's the best way to contact you? They can contact me through my website. Which, which is, is, by the way, uh, I've got it okay. here. LisaJameson.WeAreLegalShield.com? Yes. Very cool. Now, I know we're, I brought you on for another reason, which is the human trafficking yes. side of things. And you were telling me off air and uh, you know before we, we started that things are really bad in this, in this uh, trouble during COVID. How bad has it gotten? in this COVID crisis? Well, from uh, January to June, um, human trafficking has risen 90% because kids are at home now. They are on their computers all the time. The schools aren't checking their work. The parents are overwhelmed. They have either lost their job or they um, are having to go to work and leave the, the children home alone. And these traffickers are trying really hard to get as many kids as they can. Um, they What they do is they, they can uh, contact a kid through the computer, uh, on, on social media. There are a lot of social media sites that we all use that um, they are using to get them. They find vulnerable kids, and they groom them, and they will stick with it for a very long time. They will make them think that, that they are their best friend, that, that they're the only ones that they could talk to and, you know, and just, you know, basically just lure them out. 
Now, I know that you're working. So tell us about your work in this field. Like, what are you doing to combat it? Awareness. I think awareness is key. Now, there are a lot of different components to this. I'm not in the nitty gritty, you know, working with victims. I mean, I will be soon, but um, I've gotten a lot of training and I feel that awareness is a very big key Mm. because people do not realize how bad this is. People don't want to hear about it. It's it's a touchy subject, but it has to be it has to be known if we're going to save as many children as possible. Um, because you know, just knowing and knowing what to look for, knowing how to prevent it, is huge. Um, now you say you're about to help with this. How what what programs are you looking to join, or are you joining? And what programs are out there for people that? I want to help and support the fight against human trafficking. Okay. Um, I, I am at a particular church in Bloomfield, Connecticut, that um, a ministry started out of it called the Underground Connecticut. And I'm in the database, you know, as being part of that. And um, it, it's just my passion that I felt I feel led to do this. And... Um, I, I've taken a lot of uh, trainings like through uh, Shared Hope International and they're in Washington, uh, uh, Washington State, sorry, and also from Love 146. Well, that is, uh, th- those are important projects. I've got to research that myself because obviously it's not, mm-hmm. I had to say it's not an everyday topic we talk about, but it's not an everyday thing. But I feel like you're making the case that it should be at least talked about more than it is right now. Yep, Absolutely. Yep. Um, there, it's, there's so many signs that, that, um, you can look for in your child, you know, just to make sure you, there's things that you can do, like talk to them, you know, when they're like eight, nine years old, I know we shouldn't have to do that, but we do, you know, just to, um, when they talk to you, listen to them, Mm. listen to them and, you know, just ask questions, notice acting. And it's a little bit more, you know, in depth than that. Well, also, this is a very dark part of technology, right? So what's the advice to give about technology, and especially in COVID crisis, screen time specifically? Well, parents have to be careful about that. (laughs) Um, You know, how much screen time their children are getting. It's a good idea to um, have them in a space where you are while they're on the computer, you know, and and allow them to have a certain amount of time. Um, There's also the cell phone, too. Um, Kids are always on their cell phone. I personally, nowadays, knowing what I know, they shouldn't have one until they turn 18. (laughs) I know that sounds uncool, but, you know, and children or, you know, young kids are, you know, going to fight you. You can't lecture them. You have to just talk to them. Lisa, I feel like you're you're a very traditional parent. Like you believe in the phones after eighteen type of thing, which is good. I think I think that that's good. I mean, I don't know. I know people with schooling and they're worried at the school. It's just there's got to be training if they get the phone early. However, um, I did want to get into the politics of this because seems that some don't want to talk about it because it gets a politically leaning, like the Epstein thing and all that. But I mean, that's a Aside from the celebrity horrors, there's real cases out there. So how is this administration doing combating it? And how could a Biden administration do 
combating this. Do you see a different approach from the Biden administration? I, I, I really don't know. Okay. Honestly, I can't really answer that question. Um, I, I don't know Biden that well. Well, from what um, we've seen now, how has it been from a government level combating dur- during the Trump years? I, well, I have heard, I, I can't say for sure that he has been trying to stop human trafficking and that he feels that, you know, he's pro-life and that he feels that the two are connected. And they kind of are because um, abortions are very, very big in, you know, the trafficking world. They take um, mm-hmm. these women or these kids as young as eight, 11 years old. And they they get they get abortions over and over again, and you know Planned Parenthood and places who give these um, abortions they don't they don't question it. I've heard they don't vet you know well, right? It's they have a poor they don't even vet the system. They don't vet who comes in there or the the situation no. behind it, right? Nope, nope, they don't, they don't. But you know what? Um, starting to learn about these things back in january there was actually a movie called blind eyes opened which i saw and it was talking about trafficking in the u.s Mm. and i can tell you that it happens in families it happens in school and it just everywhere (laughs) sports wow the whole bit and as a matter of fact um i bet you will never guess what the biggest night for um, tra- human trafficking is. I thought I heard Nobody. it was like the Super Bowl or something like that. You're maybe. right. You're right. Because I, well, I'm, I work at a Christian radio station, so I kind of heard that before. Okay. Okay. Yeah, because usually no one ever guesses that. Well, that's that's a travesty, and it's just because it it, it's like, a, how do you stop it? But education is the first step, right? And then it takes more action than just education. It then takes supporting the groups that you have mentioned. Yep. Absolutely. And once people realize this, they'll be able to catch it when they see it. They'll be able to help their child before it's too late. When these celebrity things happen, they become like memes. Like people start joking about it when it's really not a joke. No, it's not. What do you say to that? You know, there's, I mean, what can you say? Um, A lot of this stuff comes out, you know, after the fact. You know, a lot of people, they they knew about it and they either just turned and looked the other way because of who he was or um, his victims were afraid because they do use fear. And they also use um, victim um, victim bonding or I'm trying to remember. It's, it's just a way of trauma bonding, they call it. Mm. And um, that is horrific on, on its own. And this is how they get them to conform. And is, there a brighter, to is there a brighter light to this story, though? Like, that's kind of what I always look for in these interviews. Is there a brighter way for people that they can have hope that the trafficking will end, that more people will be safe from this, more kids will be safe from this? We pray for the day when, when it ends. But you know what? It, it's so ingrained and and because pornography is so big, that fuels it. Mm. It absolutely fuels it. And I believe, well, most of us believe that if there was no pornography, it probably wouldn't exist or wouldn't be as bad. And then when social media did come, 
and people had these tendencies, they found each other hmm. through social media. And so and it, it became just a horrible grew and wide grew and network. Grew. Yeah. Yes. And so I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, go for it. Go for it. I'm just, yeah, go for it. <laughs> I was just going to say that, um, Oh God! You know what? It just left me. I'm sorry. No worries. <laughs> I was well, on a roll. <laughs> I will tell you, there are some big cases though that have been happening over the last few years. I mean, Nexum being shut down. Um, I, I think that's a good start, is it not? When those when those rings start to become crumbling. What's a Nexum? Well, Nexum was this. Uh, well, really, a sex, almost like a sex trafficking ring. I don't know if you heard of them or not, but they were. A thing, and then um, you know, Ghislaine Maxwell now is going to be is in jail. So I mean, there's there's progress on that front, but as you say, we're a long ways away. We are, and I didn't hear about that. There's so many of them that I you know just just don't hear about them all. But there there is also um, there's also di- different dynamics to uh, trafficking too. And some of them, like I said, are in families that it's just the way the family is. They have the kids, they, you know, this is mm. how they make their money and, you know, with their own kids. And, you know, it's just, it's, it's unbelievable. And, you know, now um, over the past year or two, um, medical profession and the um, police have been trained on this. And believe it or not, children in 25 states are still being arrested for prostitution. And they're getting the handcuffs. They, they're, they're being told that it was all their fault, that, you know. And, and, and I'm like, what child wants to be a prostitute? You and know? So when you said the police were trained, I thought you meant they were trained to arrest the actual trafficker. No, no. No, they, well, they always did because they considered them as criminals because they were prostitutes. Nobody ever thought about trafficking and, you know, them being pulled in, you know, not of their own accord. They're, they're victims. All of them, That's what victims. I mean. I, I thought you were going to say that they're, the police are now arresting the traffickers. I was hoping that would be happening. Oh, not as much. The traffickers walk and the, and the women are the ones that get arrested. Now, I know that they're starting to change that. They're also starting to go after the Johns. And rightfully so, because it, you know, it's just like when you know somebody was, you know, committed a crime, you didn't say anything, you're an accessory. Right. Well, and the thing is they, they started, and I don't know, I've been kind of silent on this because I don't want to shame anybody for becoming a sex worker. But I think what you're saying is, yes, when that industry is legalized, the trafficking gets increased. Does it not? Yes, it does. Yes. And I know that Nevada, um, it is, um, has legalized it and when they do it is going to um the the cops are going to be less looking for traffickers because it'll be legalized so that should be enraging everybody i could see it in your face you're so enraged but i wish others were as enraged mm-hmm. about it i wish they were too because there are so many parents out there and so many grandparents that they should be fighting don't you think that the bail reform and everything like that is increasing any of this because look who's being released. They have a swath of people, not just small, you know, small criminals. They're letting out sex offenders again. And we have to talk about that. Right. And 
there's a, a difference between sex offenders and, and traffickers. Okay. Um, I'm not, you know, by any means um, defending sex um, offenders. Uh, of course not. No, offenders, no, no, no. yeah, sorry. But um, they, we do have to worry about them, yes. And I think that the traffickers are, you know, more of a problem. Now, and going you say they don't really of- get any, you don't, they, you don't think they get any jail time, some of them, you're saying. The sex traffickers right. don't get jail time at all. Not really. Not really. They, they do this now. Some will even do it. And drugs are involved, too, because um, they will drug the kids, too. And, and that's a big part of it as well. They get them addicted to drugs. Do you think by doing this, God certainly is listening to these stories that you're talking about and trying to fix it in his own way, the way he's, he can? Well, you know, he created us to mm-hmm. help people and he gives us free will. So unfortunately, people use that free will for the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. And that's why he created us to mm-hmm. fix those problems that that people, um, you know, use against others. I hope that's very innocent. Yeah. And the very innocent at that. Yes. And the Absolutely. Innocent at that. Um, I know this is heavy for you. Every time you're probably talking about it on a pod. How many podcasts have you done about this, by the way? One that's going to be aired tomorrow. It's uh, a Coffee with Bob uh, by okay. Bob Seeger. Um, he, we we did this a couple of days ago. It's it's ten minutes long, and he's like I said, he's going to air it. It was off the cuff. You know, so, um, yeah. And then you're the second person I've spoken with, and I have um, an appointment on Monday with another one. Well, that is good that you're getting the word out. But I was going to say, every time you talk about it, you may not, I I haven't seen you cry yet, but when you talk about this, it's got to be very, very tugging at you when you talk about this. It is. The reason why I think that I am not crying is because God has given me the um the strength to do it because you know the bible says that if you are doing what god wants you to do he's going to give you the strength to do it because you know a couple of years ago i would not have been able to talk about this without crying mm-hmm. and if i if i sit here and, and do a lot of crying i won't get the message that out effectively that's exactly. right i won't i won't be effective so I, obviously, God has given me the strength. I know some people would say, you know, that's, yeah, right. But, you know, they let them think what they want, but that's, let me ask just, you this. that's the but reason. We're talking with Lisa Jameson at, at Legal Shield, and uh, she's also an advocate against human trafficking. Um, you mentioned you saw this from a movie. How many people in that, was that the first time you've ex- had experience with fighting this, or was that? Because it sounds like January, you kind of got introduced to this even more, this idea. Oh, no. No, it's just uh, when the movie theater uh, had a one-night movie uh, that I went to. I've seen seen others, um, and I've been involved with this for a couple of years now. Um, And it just, uh, I don't know. I just can't sit aside and and not do anything. Are you proud of your church? I'm sure you are if we're getting involved. I am. I have a wonderful church. We have a, a, a fantastic, dynamic preacher who is really caring. And he 
he shows it. It comes out. Mm. And he teaches. And he's just, he's amazing. <laughs> That's And are, are members of your church also part of the underground with you? Some of them are, yes. Beautiful. Um, the, the, the woman who is um, ahead of the women's ministry at our church is the one who started it with um, a couple of other people, a couple of other churches. And it is, and this was in 2013 and it has grown to well over 200 churches in Connecticut. So mm. that, that just deals with Connecticut. Although I want to get rid of it everywhere. Of course. You know, I, I'm, and I'm, I'm specifically talking about the U S because I think everybody knows it happens everywhere else. And, and actually in the U S um, uh, U.S. or should I say um, United States men are the biggest connoisseurs of sex trafficking. And that's we need to educate men on, on that. Now, I had to say to some I would not say that any of them fall into it innocently, right? I mean, you say that the women are pulled in. Are any of these guys ever pulled in just by happenstance or do they have a, a goal, an evil goal? The uh, traffickers? Well, the the men who fall like the, you say the U.S. men, how do they fall into it? Do you know like what? what how the heck do they porn. get involved? Porn. It, it leads to wanting more, and you know that that is a very big addiction to to men and and even even men at churches, and churches also, if they're a good church, will have a group, you know, mm. for for such things. But you know, when people today we're in an age where Everything goes. If you if you like it, keep doing it. You know what I mean? If you like it, do it. Makes you feel good, do it. That's that's actually the thing. And that is not right. It's not because no, it's giving it's, not. it's giving you the, the, the freedom to just do whatever you want to do and it's okay. Well last couple of years I've kind of just reined myself in, if you will, in certain ways. And one of them was going out all the time. I used to do that, but I've stopped that because I realized that's not helping, and I realize that the anything goes mentality actually does hurt you if you don't if you don't be careful. And so my advice would be, yeah, if you feel like you have things going on and you're a guy, rein them in now before it's too late. Yeah, or teach them, start teaching them when they're kids to respect, you know, and and just you know teach them what's right and what's wrong and listen to them. Don't shame them. Don't, um, just. Make you know every kid should feel loved, like mm. they're important, because they are, and Absolutely. they're they're our future. How prevalent so, is this thing in in Connecticut? Is this is this issue in Connecticut? Oh, it's very prevalent. It's very prevalent everywhere. There is not, mm. there is not a place in this world that is untouched by it. I, I don't want to add chills to anybody, but I've got to ask this: Could they be the everyday person that could be on the subway next to you or the bus next to you? It could be somebody at church, even children, traffic children. Yes, it, it happens in our schools, and people are, are just not realizing it, but yes, it does. And the signs are there, and yet it seems like no one picks up on that, right? Yep, it is. Nobody, nobody picks up on it. The kid will not say anything because, you know, they'll be, um, they'll just... They they blackmail them. You know, mm-hmm. they, they it's like, hey, you say a word to anybody and I'm going to do this to your sister or I'm going to kill your parents or whatever. 
And I would say that threat is... I would say is the threat veiled, do you think, just to scare them and they believe it? Or is there a real threat behind it, too? Oh, I think there's a real threat. Yep. Wow. Yep. I do. I, 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 unfortunately, if they have to survive, they're going to do what they have to do to survive as a trafficker, which is just... Ugh. Yep. Yeah, because I, I, traffickers, they'll do everything and anything. Anything. And they have, I, I swear, they do not have a heart. They can't. Not not if they can do this. Right. And and so how can I, as a podcaster, encourage more to talk about this? That's not, because I feel like in the podcast sphere, it's not being talked about as much. Or if it is, it's not. I don't know. I, I just wish I could encourage more people to talk out about this, but how do I do that? Oh my goodness. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, I guess sharing it is the first step. I, I would think sharing this conversation is the first step. Well, I would encourage people to try to get involved, you know, if maybe in their church or, you know, contact shared hope international or love One Forty Six. um, just have to Google it. It'll come up. And they, they're always having trainings. Mm. And that's how they can learn more. I'm going to have you to know? bring them. I'm going to have to bring Project 146? No, Love 146. Sorry, Love 146. Love 146. No. I've got to bring them on as yeah, well to talk about that. To talk yep. about this because they seem like they are on the forefront of this. And I'd love to get in touch with them. They are, but I don't know. I, I've never, um, I never know if they've ever done any podcast or anything like that. Mm. I'm really not sure. You can try. Lisa, one last thing before we, we, and I want to pick this up soon enough when you have more, because I know you said you're going to join a project. You're, you're going to join this fight a little bit more in the coming yeah. days, it sounds, or coming months? Uh, po- hopefully in January or February, yes, because well, there is a, go, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. So certainly keep us posted because I'd love to have you back on that. Um, there is a house opening up for um, victims here in Connecticut. And so it's, you know, the Underground Connecticut is working with this other organization, um, you know, to do this. And they were supposed to open last January, but the funding was, it was very hard to get that last uh you know, 10,000 and, uh, they finally got it. So that's when they're going to be starting. And unfortunately there's not enough of those to go around. No, but I think it's a start at least there and, and then to build off of for sure. Lisa, I've got to ask this, this research that you've done over the last couple of years, this exposure to it, you know, from, from video, from the movies and from research, does it make you more grateful for like that your family has stayed intact? I, it, it might be a weird question, but yeah, do you feel more grateful knowing that? And does that gratitude lead you to do this? I think that, you know, my family has a lot to do with it. I have four grandchildren that mm. I love so much and, you know, they're little and I just uh, don't ever want anything like this to happen to them. I, I'm, I'm, we're very fortunate that our son and his wife are, are very good parents. I bet. And yeah, they are. They're excellent parents. You know, they got, they got four kids and, and she, st- she stays home um, with the kids and homeschools. And I'm also very grateful for that as well. 
Mm. You know. Well, there's so many angles to take this to because I don't know. Sometimes I see parents hand their kid off to like a nanny, and that the, the nanny is great. You know, the nanny is great. Yeah. But sometimes that that lack of interaction leads the kid later in life down a certain road that that's not good. So exactly. I think when families do what they can to stick together and be that cluster, it's important. And uh, I'd love to have you back on for a further discussion on all of this. Okay. Because this is an yeah. intro. You know, I, I don't know if you want to bring it all at the first thing, but let's have you back and, and delve into this more. Okay. Can I, can I mention one more thing? Yes, absolutely. Um, okay. Um, this is, is actually about Legal Shield, and I'm not trying to, you know, sway anybody. I just want people to know that we also have an identity theft protection program as oh, well good. okay and what's great about that is that they monitor the social media they monitor the dark web they monitor everything in your name and i mean everything three credit bureau and what sets us apart from anybody else is that we have in-house licensed private investigators that will do whatever it takes for as long as it takes to restore your identity to pre-theft status so wow. they have they have privacy management uh, you know, like if they see something on, on your social media that might hurt you, you mm. know, in any way, they, they let you know so that mm. you can remove it. You know, because you know how people um, will will search social media before they hire somebody to see if there's yes. anything that, yeah. yes. Well, if, you know, they see anything like that, they can, they can warn you about that. And, mm. Yeah. No, this has been uh, – I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that. And by the way, I just want to give you guys a plug. Lisa Jameson, J-A-M-E-S-O-N, dot we are legal, legalshield.com, $24.95 a month. I mean, for that protection, and then not just uh, theft, but a lawyer for that rate, an attorney at that rate is just amazing. It's a blessing, really, when mm-hmm. you can afford that. So, Lisa, do come back. Tell us how – uh, Legal Shield doing, and tell us how you're doing in your project to combat human trafficking. Okay, well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. I'm Alexander Garrett. We will definitely talk to you soon. And uh, my website, alexgnyc.net. But we will talk to you soon.